You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Hey, hey, all you triathlon freaks and geeks, and welcome to another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon, the podcast where we go long on endurance and learn a little self-improvement along the way. All right, we have a little bit of news in the, is it bike and swim and run? Definitely in uh, in biking and then I have a, a new heart rate strap that I got from a listener that is uh, the optical one that you put around your forearm and it's a, a Skosh Rhythm 24. It's been out for a little while, but I've been using it for about a week and I thought I'd give some thoughts on it. I, I like it and I've learned some things about how to use it. I'll share that as well. And we have some uh, just other kinds of news and fun stuff and some training log audio. And those are my uh, thoughts and observations as I go along with uh, doing things. But let's go ahead. Oh, I have uh, some Zen thoughts, some really good ones that you can use for your training and racing. But before we do that, let's go ahead and knock out a little bit of triathlon news. Here we go. So I guess let's talk about people first, and then we can talk about uh, technology. So people is Lionel Sanders managed to get himself qualified for uh, Kona. And that is a big deal because it makes Kona way more interesting. And I think on that note, uh, Alistair Brownlee is going to race Kona, I believe. There started to be some uh, YouTube videos popping up about his prep for Kona and everybody is like whoa holy cow so it might be uh Gomez who is really really good as well and Alistair Brownlee who is phenomenal and but has never raced Kona before and usually it takes a a time or two to get any good at how to race Kona how to pace yourself through all that mess and then um Let's see, Lionel Sanders and Jan Ferdino might all be in this race. So uh, usually, the, in my opinion, the female racing is, uh, is way more interesting with uh, uh, lots of potential for, for cool outcomes. But uh, this time, it's the, uh, the guys race seems to be the, uh, the one that's going to be crazy. So that will definitely be worth watching. Of course, you know, as we get closer to the race, you know, all these will this actually pan out these people oh and then gosh uh the guy that's won the past um few years the one that runs with the banana down his shorts <laughs> y'all know who i'm talking about and uh so let's see some other news oh so Gianfredino qualified he's been injured and he was getting close to the line uh to go you have to actually do an iron man you can't go on last year's uh, result at Kona, you have to qualify by doing at least one Ironman. Again, and uh, after some people have kind of skated through them, the rule is you don't just have to do one, you have to actually perform like you actually try <laughs> and care and try to get a decent result. 
if you just coast through it, then it makes Iron Man look bad or something like that. But Lionel Sanders, I think it was at Montreblanc, he got second. He only needed to uh, lose to, I think it was Cody Beals. Uh, the guy who won first had already qualified. He was just doing another race. And I guess just like for the prize money and, and for sponsors and stuff. And so Lionel didn't need to beat him. And as it got close to the end, Lionel was winning. He pulled back. And if you asked it, Lionel in the interview said, um, he couldn't have kept up with him anyway. Um, that, that he was just too fast. And, uh, also the injury that he had was like, a was a fractured hip or something and Lionel is famous for having a really uh interesting running form some would call it a broken running form where he's got a hitch in a step really badly and um, really good running coaches will tell you that that will lead to an injury injury eventually and maybe that's what happened maybe that's why he got injured so we will see Lionel uh there uh and oh he's going to do some other races leading up to that i hope he doesn't uh, get hurt again he needs to really watch it and keep working on that running for him and get that hitch out of his step and on a on a related note on on my uh, running form i noticed that i was running i get a plantar fasciitis and my right calf gets pulled and it's called mad calf and i noticed that running on the treadmill with my uh I'm I'm uh, over six feet tall, so when I do a treadmill and I'm looking at an iPad, I'm actually looking down, which has me leaning over, and that has you putting more pressure on the front of your feet. So I mounted the tripod up high at i the tripod the iPad up high at eye level uh, using uh, a Skosh uh, Magic Mount for uh, iPhones and stuff um, that you put in your car. I mounted it to the fan. Uh, up in front of me at eye level and oh my gosh my running has been fantastic since then (laughs) no problems I managed to finally uh my injury was getting better and better and better and I finally made it worse one day um and it was a day I did a hill interval because I was getting so much better I figured I'd throw in a hill interval a short one but uh I was like oh the next day I was like oh that was a bad idea but anyway on speaking of training indoors Zwift uh, our favorite training program for biking, and actually they do running, has uh, added mountain biking. Uh, well, they haven't really added it. They've they're testing adding it, added adding it, added it. It's in beta, and it's going to um, uh, be available for those. Uh, so there's like a beta program, and it's going to be available to those people in. Um, I think a few weeks to maybe a few months and there's videos online of people uh, doing it and so you're riding a mountain bike Zwift is a video game that when you ride your trainer it picks up your trainer and puts you as as an icon as a character an avatar in there and it's a mountain bike course and you're riding around um, and I'm hoping that uh, if you stay on the dirt track in the middle, you go faster. This would be cool. And then if you get off the track, well, then you go slower. That would be pretty neat. And that that 
gives you some sort of inspiration for actually steering instead of uh, just bouncing off the uh, the invisible walls that kind of keep you on the course anyway. And then on top of that, they're finally adding the thing that I've been dreaming of for so long, but it's not really for Zwift, the reason I like it, but uh, steering on the trainer so that your character in Zwift can move left and right. And gosh, I hope they make it so that you can actually use it to turn. Like if you come up on a turn, you don't have to pick a left or right with your mouse or your keyboard or your phone or whatever you do. Can you do it with your phone? I didn't know that. And, but you could just like flick your handlebars and go to the left or to the right. That would be really, really cool. Please watch. They won't add that. That would be the one thing I really want. They won't add it because I've been dying for this because, uh, if you ever ride, if you ever do anything in GTA, wouldn't it be awesome, Grand Theft Auto, to be able to ride a bike to move forward in GTA? Like to, instead of driving a car by doing, you know, by using the joystick, instead of pedaling a bicycle by hitting with your thumb the joystick button a million times to move forward, what if you could pedal and turn your bike into a controller and then you could play like a real video game uh, with this and then you have the steering option uh, left and right with, uh, with your bike. Now... The way Zwift was doing it is they had an app on your iPhone. It was built into the existing app that you can use on your phone. And you just uh, mount your phone on your handlebar somewhere. And then it can tell using the accelerometers if you turn left or right. And it uh, then turns the guy left and right. But there were some other companies they were showing that have invented their own method of it. And one of them was, you know, the wheel holder for your front tire, your front wheel, if you're on the uh if you're on the bike on the bike trainer um i have one that actually swivels it's built on a little swivel um it somebody had made one of those that when you set that when it turns left and right because you're turning your handlebars then it's sending a signal to the game that you're turning left and right i was like that's pretty cool but mine would get covered in sweat and then short out i'm sure what you think they could just like attach a uh velcro uh something the size of a heart rate strap center centerpiece to uh one of these things and then uh to your front tire and then if you swivel your tire then it'll um it'll do it that'd be kind of cool or your handlebars instead of all the stuff just like an ant thing that's like a foot pod probably could use an existing foot pod and then move uh, left or right that's probably not sensitive and let's see another uh, gadgetry fun i uh, got this uh heart rate strap uh, because Kai is training more and more and more. He's going to be on the mountain bike team in the fall. And mountain bikers don't really use heart rate so much. And he's young, so it's not that important of a deal. But I thought it would be um, time to try this out and see if I like it. Uh, the heart rate strap that goes on your arm. And it's optical. And what's one of the reasons I like it is you don't have to take off your shirt or lift up your shirt and put on a heart rate strap. And then it doesn't get all staticky and, and weird when you first start off in dry weather because um, it doesn't have fabric moving across it and it's not going off of electrical current. It's going off of optical instead. And uh, the other thing that I've noticed that is an upside is when I get on the bike or get on the treadmill and this is the second time I've worked out that day or if I didn't dry out my heart rate strap from the day before, then... Uh, my heart rate straps wet 
and it's cold when I put it on and it sucks and it's gross to put it around your chest. I'm gonna get moving here. I'm gonna get out of the shade and get out of this, out of this area. I'm in the Zentri Mobile Studios. And that's, uh, that's really neat to just throw it around your upper arm or your uh, forearm. And I'll get to that in a second. And just turn it on and start going. It's got the battery inside, it's waterproof. Uh, I haven't done, it's got a swimming function and some other stuff. I'm not messing with that at all. I'm just doing the regular heart rate right now. And I'm glad because there's some very, that's a lot of variables to add, all this extra stuff that it can do. Battery life is like 24 hours or something. But one thing I have noticed is that it, if it doesn't pick up heart rate for a while, if it thinks there's no heart rate to pick up, it turns itself off, which is, which is odd. Something just, uh, did I run over something? Something just popped. <laughs> Hope it was a Coke bottle or something. And the, uh, it's weird. It's not supposed to, nowhere in the instruction manual does it have like an auto shut off. To, and it seems to me it's like totally, it's, this is like a feature. It's just an undocumented feature. Which in IT is like a really funny thing. That means something that's broken. But uh, I don't think it's actually broken. It's just unexpected that if it doesn't pick up heart rate for a long time, it'll shut itself off, you know, to save the battery. And, you know, I think I need to send them an email and ask because I can't find it anywhere in the documentation. But um, the other thing that I've noticed is it works all the time if it's on my forearm, my upper forearm. And everywhere else that I put it, it's sketchy. Like, it'll work some a lot and then not. And then that gives you uh, inconsistent results. I mean, you just need the thing to work. And so I'm coming to terms with uh, wearing it on my upper right forearm. I haven't done any outside workouts with it. I'm waiting for this lady to go. I haven't done any outside workouts with it. I've done only inside. But I've done a bunch. And... Yeah, so that's it. It's um, and then the band. This is another thing. Is the band is uh, the one I got is purple. I got it from Lonnie, and it's uh, purple, which makes it actually really easy to find because <laughs> it's it's the one purple thing I've got that's that's uh, standing. I do that with a lot of things. My charge cable for my Garmin watch, I have a Garmin Phoenix, is um, I've been doing this for years with lots of different cables because they all look similar, but you definitely need your cable the cable for that device not some other cable um i put a yellow zip tie on it so i can pick it out and and just a, another nice thing is i can uh, give kai a heart rate strap if we end up using it on him and it's just one that goes around your arm it's less complicated oh and then emily could use it i'm very interested in that um because You know, we guys, we typically don't have this problem, but a lot of women don't want to wear a heart rate strap across their chest because they're already wearing a sports bra. And then it, um, you know, starts, it's too many pieces of, of, uh, of clothing, fabric stuff. Stuff starts digging in to their skin because they're doubling up on, on stuff. They even make bras that have uh, heart rate straps built in them because it's so annoying. And um, I'm interested to see after using this for a while and kind of figuring out how it works because I don't want to give it to somebody to use 
and then it, you know, me not know why it's doing what it's doing. So I want to make sure I understand how it works best first and then start passing it around the family. And Emily does trail running, Kai does mountain biking and, and triathlon. He wants to do some more Xterras this fall. So I think we've actually got a product. Um, I wore it mountain biking and I tried wearing it around my ankle and that kind of worked. Uh, the problem with rough biking and wearing it on your forearm is it can slide down because it's, um, you know, because the vibration banging in this stuff. Anyway, so there's all that <laughs> heart rate stuff. All right. Now let's get into our uh, moment of Zen. I have some nice little Zen uh, tips and, and fun stuff to talk about. These are thoughts and other goodies that I come across uh, listening to the Zen Master talks and also things that occur to myself uh, while I'm training or just moments of insight that I, I think of or I hear from others um, but while I'm out doing stuff. So I collect them and I share them with you. Let me pull them up. Okay, so the first one I want to cover and these are all related to each other. I got about three, I think. These are all related to each other. But the first one is something I've mentioned before, but it's so big and important. And I had a uh, I had it play out in a different way this time recently that I thought it was worth uh, mentioning and, and telling y'all what what uh, what went down with it. But I've learned to really value buffer time, and it's your rest time between doing things. And it's margin time. Uh, the the way I like to phrase it is like, if if when you pick up a book and start reading it, notice that it's got margins or a piece of paper, you know, that's got a, a report or something like that on it. It's got margins around the edge, and that gives you uh, something to um, to hold on to as a frame of reference. It gives you some space, so th- you can't tell the the beginning and ends of things if you don't have a little bit of space to uh, break up the surface. And for example, you know, you get these devices, phones and, and whatever screens, if the text goes all the way to the edge, people are, you need the edge to hold on to. So people get frustrated with it. And it just gives a nice, pleasant sense of um, control and satisfaction and understanding of what's going on when you have margins and buffers on the outside. So lately uh getting back into the work groove because i helped put on a hackathon which was very very busy very uh stressful and a whole bunch of stuff going on and a whole lot of running around town getting all kinds of stuff done then also going to philmont which is a two-week backpacking trip you know settling back into the groove of daily life and getting things done the way i used to i started trying to uh, you know get margins uh, set back in and really learning, uh, relearning to appreciate them or noticing, you know, how effective it is. And I noticed something that, um, one thing that makes us really happy is, is to be able to experiment with things to see if another way is better. That's what humans always do. We're always messing around. Uh, we can't leave something that's well enough alone, right? We are always doing this. Uh, change is really just an experiment to see if you can um, uh, 
like you can have the, the exact perfect work pre-work routine you know to get ready to go to work and you will it'll be perfect for a few days and then you'll want to mess with it <laughs> because you want to see if this other thing is better right well I was paying attention to this how like I had everything set back up the way it was supposed to be and it was working again and then I noticed after a few days I started messing with it and I'm like why are you doing that you've worked this hard to get back to where you were and then I thought you know we aren't happy unless we're messing with things because there's a chance that actually there's a better way of doing doing stuff and we won't know it unless we kind of mess with it let's try doing it this I did it today I was like, usually I uh, swim and then I get out of the, sh- I get out of the pool, go take a shower, brush my teeth, and then um, have a uh, this like recovery bar that uh, Emily gets with some ice water. And then I thought, that's I do, I've been doing that for years. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna eat the recovery bar first as I'm getting ready to go into the shower from the pool, and then I'm gonna brush my teeth. <laughs> and I tried it. And actually, that's better for you, like recovery-wise. And it was actually faster. And I was like, cool. But the reason that I was able to have to experiment with something different was because I had time to. I got done with my swim workout a little bit early. And so I had some extra time. I had some buffer. I had some margin so that I could play around with things. And I thought... This, there was something else that happened a few weeks ago that uh, was where this same kind of thing happened. And it was, it hit me that we are so happy, humans are so happy when we're able to fiddle with stuff. And if you cram your day edge to edge with this task and that task and that task, um, yeah, you're getting stuff done, but you feel like a robot and it leads to unhappiness and stress. And what gets rid of that stress is having margin between tasks but that's only half of it it's so that you get this like really good feeling of just tinkering and experimenting right and because it's the first time you tried something you know it takes longer than you think it's going to and you're like oh cool so pay attention to this watch the next time that you have some a little bit of free time uh, like how you you mess with something that's already fine, but like you take a different way home from work. You know, you try a different signature on your on your email uh, signature line. You know, you sign up maybe for a different race or you run a different route, or, you know, something like that. Because you've got the time to actually fiddle with stuff and then you experiment. And I probably, nine times out of 10, you go back to the way that you're like, well, that was a mistake. You go back to the way things were. <laughs> but it feels good to be able to tinker and to be able to tinker you need to have time to be doing it in the first place all right the next two are connected and it's about zen getting in the flow being grounded realizing what's going on paying attention that's not a productivity goal it's actually a tool. There's a difference. It's not a solution. It's a tool. It's a method. Now, what tools can you use right now to get to where you want to be? And you use Zen to actually get there. 
And because people, you know, they want to achieve a Zen state or achieve enlightenment. Well, okay, then what? (laughs) Great. Now you're sitting there, they say, staring at your navel. Well, that doesn't actually do anything for you. The whole point is uh, to use Zen, again, as a uh, method or as a tool. And then there's another saying that... You don't try to fight things. You try to um, you try to get with the flow of things instead. So, if if you fight the ocean and don't learn to become one with the ocean and ride the waves, if you try to fight the ocean, you'll be seasick all the time because you're fighting stuff that's going on all the time, and the world is always changing. There's one constant, and it's change, and that's okay. That's that's just the way things are. And um, if you... But when I learned to surf, um, I fought the waves and fought the waves. And then I actually learned to use the currents. And it was, wow, completely changed the game. There's currents that pull you out. Riptides. Riptides are actually pretty short. They're very powerful, but they're very short. You hop on your board and a riptide pulls you out. Now you're out past the waves and then you catch a wave to ride in. And then you don't try to paddle back out through the waves... Uh, because it just kills you like it's murder. So what you do is you paddle sideways a little bit over to where the riptide is, and then you let the riptide pull you out. The ocean is providing this circular conveyor belt all the time. And it was amazing uh, how much it changed the experience of being in the ocean and surfing because I hardly had to do anything now. Instead of killing myself paddling and paddling and paddling and trying to get out, I would just... Uh, hop on the rip the rip tide the rip current is on a tide the rip current to get sucked out and that that did 95 percent of the work for me and then i would paddle over sideways again along the shoreline uh 20 yards or something like that and then wait and then catch a wave and surf it in and then i would repeat just go sideways the other way and then ride the rip current out and the whole time it's like it's like what was going on in life. You're fighting life, fighting life, and fighting life. And it's like, no, like, <laughs> just go to your left about 50 yards. And uh, there's the, the way to get to where you want to go is already happening. And you can just hop on that and go. So productivity is not a perpetual motion machine. You are not a perpetual motion machine. You need breaks. You need these margins. You need uh, to find the, the currents and use them instead of fighting against them. Um, and if you try to act like a perpetual motion machine, then that's how people get burnout. And it's a disaster uh, waiting to happen. Eventually, it'll catch up with you. You'll get sick. You'll get exhausted. Um, it's just a bad scenario all around. But so many of us are caught up in doing that. Instead, like I said, um, Zen and, and productivity is about finding your rhythm. And a rhythm is up and down and up and down. It's that one current, it's the other current, you know, and then uh, working and then resting and then working and then resting. You know, honestly, I think I discovered the big part of this to apply to my daily life, like at work and everything else, is um, with Ironman training. Uh, how much 
rest was uh, stressed. Like rest is considered a workout. Like, all right, now it's time to rest. And you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll rest. Like, no, you rest. <laughs> this is a real thing. It's not like, um, you know, do less. It means no, like do nothing and recover. And basically you're creating that margin that I was talking about to create some space. And then you can kind of tinker around with things, see if there's a better way. And you're doing two things at once, actually. Then you're recovering, you're getting your systems back online. And then when you come back and do things again uh, with a fresh set of eyes, with, after having some margin, uh, you may say, hey, it will, one, you'll probably do it better. Two, you'll um, enjoy it. Uh, three, you might find a better way of doing it. And that's it. Okay, so let's go ahead and get off the mic here for a second. I've got a couple things to say and then we'll get into the training. Hold on. You are entering the Zenfrite training log zone. Hi, everybody. My name is Brett. I'm a triathlete. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on, dudes, let's go exercise. Exercise! Yeah! I'm gonna do sit-ups till I poop myself. No way. All right, today's episode, I'm gonna start off with some endurance training tips. I mean, we're just gonna get right into it. <laughs> I uh, went backpacking, like I covered in the last episode, and it took a few days. To get there, uh, we drove to New Mexico, and then a, uh, well, it's like a two-day drive, and then a day of hanging around, and then finally backpacking for, I think it's like 12 days, and then two days of coming back. So you're talking about quite a long time and uh, of detraining, and I am not uh, kidding, because I actually I, I use my Garmin Phoenix that I really like and I was using it for uh, backpacking so that I had a GPS track of where I went. I need to go look at those tracks. Some of those are pretty great. And I, uh, you know, when you like finish doing a workout, quote unquote, it says, um, you know, whether you're getting fitter or not, how much recovery you need. And it said I was actually detraining, which was bizarre to me because man, I was uh, working hard some of those days. Anyway, I guess it's because my heart rate was lower in a way. I don't know because we'd go up to high altitude and that would be, um, that would drive your heart rate up. You know, I'm from sea level pretty much, 300 feet. And anyway, that's a long story. My point is, is that I came back and I started trying to train again. And because I hadn't, haven't been biking or running specifically, I noticed that my heart rate um, was higher, um, especially running. Like you can tell when you've quit running for a while because it is hard to start running again. I always uh, feel sympathetic towards people when they're trying to get started running. I say, I understand. <laughs> running is very, very difficult to get going and get traction with. And what I found that was interesting and that I wanted to share on the podcast is that, let me go ahead and start up the car here because it's, oh my gosh, it's killing me with the, the heat here. I'm coming to you from Central Texas, which is like 
uh, like Death Valley sometimes. I uh, kept plateauing and unable to get any faster. So this was like a week or two, a couple weeks maybe, of training and and blowing up. And what I noticed was is on the weekends when I would go longer, well, during the week too, um, the efforts that I was used to doing, um, the power actually, the speeds and the and the watts. So what I was used to doing, I couldn't do. And what that did is it drove my heart rate up. And then I was finding that instead of being able to do a two-hour bike ride, I was able to do like an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and 15 minutes. And then I would just explode. I would just blah, blah and not be able to um, continue. I'd have to take a break. Oh, this is so weird. What is going on? So like a, a typical slow learner and... You know, I did this for quite a while. And then I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> Duh. Do the, um, do the low heart rate thing. And because, you know, I, I tried for a while and then I just wasn't getting anywhere. And then I was like, okay, well, time to do the low heart rate thing. And what that is, is you measure your body's reaction to the work instead of the uh, work itself. And you go by that first. And what that does is it gets you in shape. And... What another way to describe it that is really, really useful is if you slow down, then you can actually go longer, right? So, uh, let's say an easy jog instead of a fast jog, you'll actually be able to go longer. And then, if you go longer, right, well, then you get more time and possibly more miles, but you get more time in, and that's all your body is really aware of. And you, that gets you more volume in, and then that more volume makes you better, right? You got to train a lot to get good. Well, if you go too fast, then you can't go as long. And it's going long that you need to be a better endurance athlete. Okay. Well, there's this other thing. If you take 180 minus your age, uh, so for me, you know, it's like 135 or so. Um, 180 minus your age, you take that heart rate. If you stay below that to a point, this, there's always some slack in this, some slippage. Then you can, um, if you stay below that heart rate, then you can actually, that's kind of your breaking point heart rate. If you stay below that, you're burning body fat and um, you're not dipping into short-term fuel. Because if you do your short-term fuel, you can only go for about an hour or so. And the thing is, is it takes... Uh, here's your Zen part. You have to let go <laughs> of wanting to go faster. I don't want to go slower, right? I, going faster should make me faster. Well, it's counterintuitive, like all things uh, Zen, if you look it up. Zen is very paradoxical. Paradoxical. Everything is the opposite of what you think it should be. And, you know, to go fast, go slow. Um, yeah. So anyway... I started doing that, and really what happened was uh, dropping my heart rate down below one, I was like in the 130s on the bike, uh, down there instead of the 140s, 150s, 
uh, even though it was slower, it took like two workouts. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I was like, zoom right back to where I was before. Uh, and the other thing I noticed is um, it's a little bit slower of a turnover and you've got to practice that little bit slower of a turnover. Like for me on the bike, it's like 80 to 84 RPM, somewhere in there, like very low 80s is um, for my body, I'm tall. So like my leg length is long. So I have like a, a longer loping style is, uh, is more efficient for me. And it was just, it was so magical and, and it works so well that, you know, I just wanted to talk about it on the show that this is a very real thing. You, so imagine another thing, another way to look at it is if you go, you know, like a, let's say you're used to doing like an hour or two, right. On the bike. Well, you know that doing a four hour bike ride would make you much better at being able to do like say an Ironman, for example, well, how are you going to do a four-hour bike ride? Well, you got to slow way the heck down. <laughs> so you've got to practice going slower so that you can practice the um, this more efficient way of going. But again, the real, the real trick that people don't think about is that going, what's really happening is the slower effort lowers your heart rate with a lower heart rate you are able to better digest your fuel if you do take sugary fuel you are um, using fat burning instead and then you're training your mitochondria and your legs to use uh, you know fat burning instead of just sugar uh, for your training and then by doing this you're getting the turnover rate right uh, for this lower turn and training yourself to be more um, efficient, more comfortable, and whatever, at a slightly slower turnover. Because when I first slowed down, you know, from 150 heart rate to um, 130, for example, I was like, what do I do with my legs? Because my legs want to go faster. And it took a couple rides for me to slow down my legs and not be trying so hard and for that to feel more normal. But then, uh, I went from a bike ride where I did like, um, I forgot what, 220 watts, you know, and blew up average trying to go an hour and a half where the next weekend I did, um, 260 watts uh, with a heart rate of only 137 and got off the bike feeling like I could keep going. And I was like... That's awesome. <clears throat> if you follow our homie uh, Triathlon Terran, he just did uh, Roth, wrote, as they say in Germany, but Ironman Roth. Well, not an Ironman. It's Challenge Roth. Um, it's its own brand, which is probably the coolest Ironman distance race in the world, besides Kona or along with Kona. And he went sub. 10 hours he went nine hours and so many minutes let's say 940 I forgot what it was is that but a really good time and he averaged 207 watts or 200 no it's like 203 watts on the bike and Taryn is like all of us he's a very average person 
like average athletically. We all like to think that we're awesome, but there's just only a few people out there that are really awesome, like Lionel Sanders or something like that, that have like, I've got a nephew that has um, unbelievable um, endurance muscular strength. He's a freak. So that's like one out of a million. Everybody else, like we're pretty average, but triathlon rewards the average. You just got to pace yourself. And uh, just to show you how fast you could go, he did just over, he averaged 21 point something miles per hour, uh, which was a five hour and five minute or something like, I don't know, uh, bike ride on just 203 watts. So, you know, I look at my own numbers and I'm averaging 260 watts for two hours. Well, that's just for two hours. You got to back. If you want to go five hours, you got to back that way down to like, for me, it would probably be around 220. I'm guessing, I don't know, to be sustainable. But then you got to run a marathon off that, which is something I just love about long distance triathlon is it's a puzzle. You're always trying to guess and estimate and like figure out what's going on. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So that's your, um, that's your training tip for the beginning of the show. If you want to ride longer, you have to slow down for a couple weeks and ride. Uh, I would take, I wouldn't go over, take your heart rate or your age, uh, take 180 minus your age plus about five more points. And then never ride over that heart rate. No matter if you're going uphill or whatever, just slow down, get used to it. And the first ride, you will want to kill yourself because it's so freaking boring. But then notice uh, work to coast more and lower um, your uh, cadence down. If you're doing running, just kind of slow your cadence down and jog a little bit more and um, keep your heart rate down. And then notice after about just two weeks, you start to um, get more efficient at that heart rate and then you get faster at that lower heart rate. And then what happens is, is again, at a lower heart rate, you can actually actually absorb more fuel. You don't tap into your um, blood sugar as fast and uh, your speed will pick back up to what you were doing before and eventually even faster. It's pretty neat. All right. Um, on that note, let's see, I got... Uh, so many responses. It's so much fun talking about cars last time. I got two things. Oh, I don't have his name on me, but somebody commented on my Instagram post about the uh, Zentri podcast. You go to Zentriathlon on Instagram and I have a Instagram uh, feed and somebody commented on the show post about uh, Nissan Xterra is a really great triathlon car. No, wait, a Jeep, Jeep Wrangler, duh is a really great triathlon car. And I totally agree. Um, when Jeep added four doors, added two more doors to become a four door, they actually call it a wagon. They're industry inside industry people, which is pretty funny because we always think of like a station wagon, but basically that's what it is. Um, that turned that vehicle into something special. And with the 2018 Jeep, which is the JK, um, I went JL, then JK. And you can tell because it's got the air vents right behind the front fenders. Um, there's uh, two Jeeps have gone by in the past 30 seconds that I've been talking. Both of them JLs, not JKs. But the JK 
they spent a lot of work on making it more car-like uh, to the driver, and it didn't lose any capability whatsoever. I probably gained some. And that thing, um, somebody commented on Instagram that it's uh, an excellent traffic car. And one way that it is is that you can hang... One thing, the inside is like completely waterproof because that thing's made to be, you know, um, in the in the rain because you know the doors and the tops are removable. And the other thing is, um, you the it's got a, a bar across the top, and he said that you can uh, hang the bar, hang your wetsuit from the bar, and also you can buy this tent and. Um, turn it into like a transition area like party zone <laughs> which um that sounds really cool um but you know what i'm really looking for in a vehicle is four-wheel drive and a uh, good ground clearance like nine inches off the ground and or more and then um what was the other thing oh really good um, approach and is it departure angle? I forgot what it's called, but um, that's where the front and rear wheels are close to the bumpers, so that you don't have a lot of overhang, so you don't scrape the front and back end. And so, like, take a look at a at a uh, at a Jeep or a Nissan Xterra, which I'm in sitting in right now, and notice that the uh, front wheels are very close to the bumper. And the rear wheels are pretty close to the bumper and the whole body is kind of up off the ground a little bit. What that allows for, what we find at, at triathlons when we're parking is we have to park in a grassy field, right? And it could rain. So four-wheel drive would be nice. And then um, I'm looking at the grassy field in front of me has big lumps in it. And then also I like driving over curbs so much. It's like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I love to drive over curbs. And the, um, the Jeep is really, the Jeep Wrangler is uh, just excellent at that. I mean, that thing's, that thing's an off-road vehicle first and then turned into a car, not the other way around. And speaking of that, uh, so thank you for the Instagram comment. I'm sorry. Well, you know what? I'll look while, um, while I'm talking about the Corvette. Uh, I'm really a, a car nut and... I'm a bike nut, a car nut, and I would like to talk for a second about has nothing to do with triathlon whatsoever, but the uh, there goes a Nissan Xterra right there. But it just has to do with innovation and stuff that's cool. And Corvette, if you haven't heard, Chevy, the new Chevy Corvette, they finally released it, and for real, it is rear engine. They call it mid engine. Um, and it is just astounding. Uh, looks aside, you know, I'm kind of just, I'm kind of meh on the looks. It looks great, but, you know, um, I've always been a fan. When I was a kid, the when Miami Vice was on and there was a white Lamborghini Countach in one of the episodes that was just insane. And ever since then, I've been in love with, like, that kind of body style of cars. It can be almost any brand, but uh, rear engine... And there's some interesting stuff. When you take the engine out of the front, it's actually, at some, in a lot of vehicles, it's actually safer because the engine is actually this big block of metal that if you hit something head on can crush the uh, driver. So they can just reinforce the front and put a whole lot of empty space. It's more like, kind of like padding. And then 
um, and when they put the engine in the back, you know, it gets it out of the way. I guess unless you get rear-ended. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's basically like America's Ferrari or Lamborghini for start base price is $60,000, which means... Uh, I think it's like $70,000 gets you the, um, the performance package where it's going to go zero to 60 in less than three seconds <laughs> and $70,000 where it takes usually cars two, three, four times that much, five times that much to have anywhere near that performance. And <sighs> I know this has nothing to do with triathlon, except again, innovation and materials and, and design and engineering which Trafon is so full of. Oh, the Tour de France happened today, by the way. Oh, I'm supposed to be looking for uh, our Instagram buddy. Um, I'm almost there. That's probably right here. Let me scroll, scroll, scroll. There it is. Daryl Arnold. Uh, commented, Wranglers are great triathlon vehicles, exclamation point. The unlimited, four-door, anyway. I can fit my bike upright if I remove the front tire and fold down the 40 side of the rear seat. So the rear seats go 60-40%. Um, add on an awning with panels and onboard water and air, and you have somewhere to change, shower post-race, and top off your tires. It's actually a really good and fun all-around family vehicle. Thank you, Daryl. I totally agree. Emily's going to be so mad when I buy one someday. And uh, anyway, back to the Corvette. Uh, I was like, man, you wait for it to go down in value, down to like 40 grand or something like that. You know, you buy one that's like three, four years old. That's been, you know, somewhat nicely taken care of. And basically you have a Lamborghini Lamborghini Diablo <laughs> for 40 grand, you know, so that somebody can go out and just buy and it's going to be, um, you could just take it. The, another big problem with fancy European vehicles is, uh, or exotic vehicles is you can't get them worked on anywhere, but I've heard even with the Ford GT, you can take it into a Ford dealer, not the Mustang GT, but the Ford GT, like the GT 40. You can take that in just to a Ford dealer and they'll work on it. So your Corvette, you can just take it into the um, the Chevy dealer and have them work on it. Now, how would you, topic for the next show, if you had, and I've seen one actually, by the way, in the woodlands at Ironman, Texas in, in Houston. I've seen a Ferrari with um, a roof rack on it. It looked ridiculous. But let's say, do any of you out there actually have a Corvette? Or do you, any of you out there have a mid-engine? Um, sports car. And have it um, decked out for triathlon. So you just heard how Daryl does his uh, Wrangler. Uh, let me know how you would do your um, your vehicle, how you do your vehicle and how it works for triathlon because um, 
as uh, Kai wants to race Xterra's in the fall. Emily's got this car, but we need to share with other people. Like, what's there's always a thread on some of the forums about you know what's the best triathlon vehicle, and it's a lot of fun to talk about. Okay, when I come back, we're going to talk about the Tour de France and some other stuff. Out, bang. All right, we are back. Going to skip talking about the Tour de France at the moment and talk a little bit about some productivity stuff and also morning fueling. I've got a Diet Coke with a little bit of kava kava in it. Google that. (laughs) Check out kava kava. It is very cool. But anyway, I ate a lot last night. I overate and didn't work out. So I woke up this morning not feeling all that hungry, so I decided to do the no breakfast uh, and just coffee with some butter in it, which probably isn't even necessary for some people, for many of us, and then got on the bike, and let's see, all I did yesterday was swim, so it's been uh, two days, 24 hours since I biked, and no, 48 hours, and biked and ran, and I did Zwift, and Zwift has... Which is just fantastic because I don't have to wait for daylight or anything like that. I can just ride and there's other people giving you the thumbs up. And I bike the Volcano Flat route. And as I got faster, what happens is, is when I first started doing it, this is the good thing about being able to do loops. And I was also listening to the Cycling Tips podcast which is a really good podcast. Uh, but, but doing loops, I'm able to work on things to improve my time, right? So let's say the first times I ever did, I'm going to say times because I've done it a lot. The first times I've ever done Zwift Volcano Flat, I was able to go, let's say, two and a half times around, right? And then I started marking mentally where I was wherever that was that uh, you know where I finished at one hour that's my whole goal just ride for an hour ride by time and I'm gonna go over to the right here change lanes and what happened was uh, I started you know finding ways to go faster and because Zwift is a very good outdoor simulator Hold on, drink. I uh, found that with the same amount of effort, um, I was getting further and further along, and that's a great way to improve. I was figuring out how to climb the hill smarter, how to coast smarter, which is totally training you for riding outdoors smarter. And then after a while... I figured out I can ride three loops and cross the finish line. If I'm having a really good morning, I can ride uh, three times around and cross the finish line at just exactly an hour, which is really cool. Now, you can do a different kind of loop and, uh, you know, find something for you that you do in two times in an hour or one time in an hour or whatever, four times in an hour or whatever your workout is. But it's neat having a um, an indicator like that. So I got on the bike and I was riding along and, Oh, another thing, the thing I love about three loops of anything for an hour is there are 
really honestly for anything is not just an hour but really long rides or something like that is your first loop uh, you do as a warm-up because I've got a running loop that I do three times to cover an hour as well and uh, your first loop is kind of a throwaway loop and if it's three loops in an hour then it's 20 minutes that uh, which is great I mean that's your warm-up and you just don't mentally you just kind of throw it away and don't care and then your second loop you, you notice that you do a little bit better and then your last loop <clears throat> you notice you do even even better and yeah that was a, uh, a really nice little workout and the other thing I wanted to add is the value of being able to think instead of just react and I might have to give a talk at work about something I've been voluntold and I don't know if I'm going to talk about this because this is kind of out there but you know what I might well I don't know I'll think about it but the value of getting up in the morning, having a cup of coffee, and then just sitting there and having a, a way to write down things in front of you, and then to stop and think until you stop thinking of things <laughs> is really, really cool. And you basically have a list and a pen and or you know you can do like a, a laptop with a Dynalist is what I like D-Y-N-A Dynalist.com or .io I think is what it is but anyway and you can just sit there and bullet out a list and notice how much you just think of dumb stuff but what it is is your brain trying to remind you of things. So you can sit there and collect this list of things as you think of them. And you'll notice that as you write them down, that your brain kind of lets go of them because it wants them in a secure place. And what's really nice is when you run out of things to write down then you start like um, sorting and thinking of like what's the most important thing and uh, you'll notice that deeper thoughts start coming up and with Dynalist you can kind of do you can do uh, bullets and sub bullets uh, really easily which is really nice but I love doing this in the morning I haven't been able to do it in a while because I've been too busy but this morning was the first time I've been able to do it in a while and it's so relaxing to just sit there and then when you're done you'll notice that you've kind of run out of things and then that's your list to work on for a while and um, one thing to do is take your results and you can do this with Dynalist the problem with paper is you can't move things around once you write them down uh, as easily as with Dynalist you can and Workflowy is another one you can move the bullet points around and then you can say, um, one way to do it is to sort the list into 
um, things that need to be done now, things that can be done soon, and things that can be done later. And once you sort your list into things like that, then you can actually drag and drop and move things around <laughs> as you need it. You can revisit your, revisit your list like twice a day, maybe, if you want. You know, once um, before you work out and get up in the morning and have a cup of coffee, and then once maybe after lunch would be a good time. Although I don't even do that. I should take my own advice. All right, that's it. I got to go in and get some work done. W to the ERK, out. Hey, hey, homies. Man, I record a lot in the car. It's just a good time for me to record. Ooh, there's an Audi. Is that a TT or an R8 behind me? I can't tell. I talk enough about cars. Let's see. Well, I am in Texas. There's a Ford F350 Dually in front of me. Somebody's probably using it as a daily driver. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Texas is its own oil-producing nation somehow. Um... I wanted to give a couple of products that, or talk about a couple of products that I use that I really want to highly recommend. What made me think about this is uh, I got one delivered last night. So I went to, uh, my fan situation is kind of weak in my, um, in my training room. And one of the best investments I've ever made is a fan. So I wanted to get another one. So I went to Lowe's to look for it. I'm about to tell you what it is, by the way. I went to Lowe's to look for one, and they didn't have one, what I was looking for. So I ordered it off Amazon, and it showed up yesterday, and I set it up, and oh my gosh, it is so amazing to now have two of these, finally. Um, it's a Lasco brand, L-A-S-K-O, and that's kind of irrelevant, but the um, relevant thing that makes it so great is it's remote control. So what I have is the remote, um, it's pretty small. It's about the size of a, a third of a dollar bill. And it has a power button and it has three speeds. I think it has a timer button on it too. And oh my air conditioning's on. There we go. What is so great is um, you can control the fan speed remotely. You don't have to get off your bike constantly or you know do all this stuff. And then what I did is I put a piece of Velcro on the back of the uh, remote, and then a piece of Velcro on the side of uh, a table, or actually my training, my treadmill. And that way it's got a home, you know, I won't lose the remote and it's really close to the bike. So I can get on the treadmill or get on the bike. And um, sometimes, you know, like it's cold in the morning or whatever, you don't want a fan on you just yet. And, uh, but I can remotely turn on the fan. <laughs> it is so fantastic uh, to turn on a fan by remote control. Now you could use a long stick. I've got a bamboo pole in the, um, a walking stick in the uh, training room too that sometimes I use to turn off and on uh, light switches and stuff from really far away without having to get on and off the bike or whatever or treadmill but it is really really cool so it's a Lasco 
I forgot, but it's Alaska pedestal fan and it's $49 and some odd cents. So it's almost $50. That's the one off of Amazon. And, um, I've had one for so long. I kind of forgot about this one setting. Uh, there's two things about it that are really cool is, uh, a, if you get two of them, the same remote works on both. Uh, I tested it out. You know, I don't, I didn't need a different remote for each one. It's it's cheap enough where they just uses the same infrared, whatever. And the other thing that's really cool is that it um, it'll actually get low enough where you can get it in front of your bike and point it up at you and it will um, not be in the way of your vision of a TV or something like that and I found that that's ideal Uh, the ideal setup is to have one in front of you um, and kind of pointing up a little bit Uh, and what that does is while you're sitting up it points at you while you're in the arrow position it points at you Uh, it's pretty great so there's that and then also a thing I use constantly is this uh, frother called an Aero Latte, and it runs on a couple batteries, uh, maybe a couple of AAA, maybe a, maybe a AA or two. But it's a it's a frother that's tiny. When I pour my coffee, and I want to mix anything into my coffee, like kava or butter or something like that, this thing froths it really quick. And I got it at Bed Bath and Beyond, but I don't know where you can get it, but it's uh, called the Aero Latte. And I just keep it next to the coffee maker, and it works out pretty great. All right, that's it. I need to get into W to the ERK. I skipped my workout this morning because um, I was tired. I was sleepy. Diet Coke and Kava. Waving at the cops. Oh, there's people doing physical fitness. Look at them doing (laughs) push-ups. Got a little obstacle course going and everything. Good job. Oh, I remember those days. Okay. I will talk to you on a bit. Ow, bang. Oh, wait. I went by the uh, Honda dealer yesterday and looked at a Ridgeline and talked to a guy. The Honda dealer can add a front lift. It's called a leveling kit to a Honda Ridgeline and lift the front end up a little bit. Those things look too much like a minivan and um, and not like a truck. But if you lift up the front end and then put uh, slightly bigger tires on it, all of a sudden, it's uh, quite a badass vehicle. So I went by yesterday and talked to them for a minute and they said, yeah. And actually on top of that, I forgot, um, I'm taking, I have an old Nashiki um, commuter bike and I've actually raced it in an off-road triathlon I got second in my age group in an off-road triathlon on it because it's that style of a frame a pretty rough mountain bike course and um, I just put I think I raced it with commuter tires on it it was dry conditions so I didn't worry too much about traction and the uh, I also used to have a single speed I built my own single speed I have an old road bike my brother's old Kuahara road bike and those of you who listen to the show forever remember that and the um 
I've still got some of those parts left over. I've got the old flip-flop hub and I've got the crank that I used from another old bike. I had a Schwinn Latour. I pulled the crank off of that. And so the gear ratio is awesome. It's really great. It's really difficult to pedal at slow speeds, but at high speeds, it's perfect, which really encourages you to, um, it's what smoothed out my pedal stroke and bumped me up a level in cycling for sure. And, um, but the bike was actually found in a dumpster uh, by a friend and he gave it to me because it was too big for him. And um, it's a Nishiki 401. No, it's a Nishiki. I'd have to look at the thing. I can't see the top tube. It's in the back of the car though, but I'm taking it to the bike shop because it's a mishmash of just random parts now. And, um, but if we turn it into a single speed, it's kind of a junker bike, but it's actually, it's a high quality bike, but it's junk. You know what I mean? Um, it's worthless, I guess, sort of. So what's nice is um, we're going to take it into the bike shop, swap it over to a single speed using some of these old parts, and then this will be, hopefully, could be Kai's bike to ride to um, high school. Because if you have nice bikes, um, you don't ride your nice bikes to school or when I'm, sometimes even to work because you don't want to leave it outside and because uh, somebody will steal it or something like that. So what you do is you get a just nice enough bike <laughs> that it's not a horrible bike. And this, this definitely fits that. And then simple, so it works. Oh, man, you know what we ought to do? Oh, my God. We ought to do those, um, those run-flat tires. Those, uh, those new tires that are made out of TPU, I think. I think they're made out of TPU. But they're solid tires. Single speed with solid tires. Dude, I think we got an idea. That would be a fun project. And anyway, uh, and let that be um, Kai's uh, bike to ride to school. How about that? Okay, we got a bike project. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I like that. Huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Out. <laughs> I'm all excited now. Out, bang. Well, I just went to the pool and the pool's closed. <laughs> and it's a real bummer because I haven't been to the pool in about a week. And I got my act together to go. So I've got uh, two observations on that. One is I always tell people just the first, if you haven't been to the pool in a while, the first goal is just to get to the pool. Day one, get to the pool. That's all you got to do is get in the building, which I did. Because it's so hard to get all your swim stuff together compared to the other sports. And then, uh, and then be okay with that because you're building the habit to get back. So this sucks. Anyway, at least the pool is really close to my house. Uh, observation two is I used to do this, so I need to do it again. That's what I'm saying is, uh, 
I should put um, some shorts, some workout clothes, like shorts, t-shirt, tennis shoes, closed toe shoes, and socks. I don't necessarily need socks for that. Um, in my car and keep it in there next to my swim bag so if the pool is closed, I can do upper body weights. Because that would have been nice. I could have gone in there and done some uh, biceps, triceps, shoulders, lats, delts. And then... Um, then I could have lifted some weights. And that would have been a nice replacement for the swim. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go home. And uh, I'm going to hop on the bike maybe... Uh, uh, 20 30 minutes if I can if I can squeeze that in and what's nice is all my stuff's kind of ready to go to work because I usually I usually leave from the pool and uh, go to work uh, that way I can beat traffic better because I'm halfway to work uh, by the time I get to the pool anyway um, and I got a couple of new gadgets yesterday. I got a few new gadgets. I went to a $5 knockoff store because we're buying stuff for work. And on my own dollar, I bought a remote control LED light that I just screwed into the fan above my head. And it's awesome. It's got like 15, 16 colors. And uh, it's not bright enough though, so I might go back and get another one. But when you get on the bike, you know, it's hard to get work at, working out in the morning. So if you get on the bike or you, you want to meditate or you want to uh, get on the treadmill. It's cool to be able to change the color of the lights. So I've got that gadget. I ran last night and I turned the light to green. And I also have another light in there. So it's, you know, white and green. So it's kind of a light green. But it made me feel like I was running outside, like in the through the woods because of the green. And green's really good for you. And I liked it a lot. I eventually quit noticing it after a while. It's got a remote control. Emily's laughing at me because all my remote controls. But, dude, you need to make working out fun and you need to remove all barriers. And what was the other thing? Oh, I I got a rubberized keyboard for like five bucks, four and a half, five bucks. And unfortunately, it's a USB one, so it's not Bluetooth. But I'm going to try it. And one of my problems with... Um, using my laptop next to the computer next to the treadmill or the um uh oh and it's it's floppy like you could it's a roll-up keyboard it's just floppy rubber uh one of the problems is uh you get sweat on stuff uh, and if you get sweat in the trackpad of your laptop i mean that sucks so i've got a wireless mouse and now i've got a keyboard that has a usb cable that i can just plug in and it's rubberized so now I can do up, down, left, right to turn, you know, or do U-turn and Zwift or go to another YouTube video or something like that. So, anyway. And I had an observation that I took a nice break from serious training after going to Philmont and everything. And getting back into training, I'm... Noticing I'm having this opportunity to reevaluate my habits and change them 
And it's like once your habits, you know, have traction, it's hard to change them and they're pretty good. But taking a break from things and then starting again gives you the opportunity to improve that habit or change it or try a different one. Um, you know, I like a fresco type uh, carbonated waters. And I'm like, oh yeah, let's take one of those to the pool. Let's see. It's such in the habit of taking coffee. But because I'm starting anew, I'm seeing things with new eyes. So that is definitely an upside of taking a break from training is when you get back into training you can um evaluate was the smart <laughs> all right that's it out bang all right we are back the bike ride was actually pretty good 30 minutes on swift riding volcano flat i think uh 251 average watts including warm-up which is pretty nice. And on that note, I have a, a fueling tip. Well, one, by the way, the light thing worked really cool. I decided, yeah, green was nice. What's cool is if, because uh, I got the remote right next to me, if I start biking underwater, I could change the light to blue. <laughs> and uh, if I'm going through the volcano, I can turn the light to red or orange. You know, to, so the whole room looks like that. And I decided that's a little much. <laughs> Just like green. You know, you're going through a volcano. The TV's already red. To have the whole room red might be uh, a little much. But, uh, hey, maybe you might like that. That'd be kind of cool. Okay. Um, something I try rarely every once in a while. Because I'm adverse to spending a lot of money on fuel. But... Um, putting UCAN in my coffee. So UCAN is a uh, slow-acting starch. We've actually been sponsored by them before with TAG, a discount code like Zentry or something like that. It's a slow-acting starch, and it takes about two hours to burn through it through one serving, which is like somewhere between 60 and 100 calories. I can't remember. In one scoop. It's kind of expensive. It's like a dollar a scoop. It's like 30-something bucks. 30 servings but one thing that is pretty cool is when you go swimming it's uh, kind of ridiculous and silly to bring fuel with you to the uh, edge of the pool but if you're swimming um, and I like to swim non-stop and also if you're simulating like a triathlon uh, and when I was growing up if you're swimming, simulating an Ironman where you're, you're an hour in the water with no fuel and when I was growing up on swim teams, uh, we didn't stop for fuel, you know. Uh, could we have been better? Maybe. But anyway, you can is like you've got an IV drip of fuel, but already in you. <laughs> um, the trick is you got to drink enough water with it ahead of time or else your stomach gets kind of funky. But anyway, I did that today. I had a cup of coffee with a little bit of maple syrup. A tablespoon of maple syrup is 60 calories, and that's sort of fast acting it's not quite as fast acting as like fructose or sucrose but um and then a serving of you can and uh, mix that up and drank it powered that down before uh heading off to the pool and then the pool was closed and then uh got on the bike 
but I had a really great workout on the bike with no fuel. And I would have had one swimming uh, with no fuel because you took your fuel ahead of time with this UCAN stuff, U-C-A-N. I think it's one N, I don't think it's two Ns. It's all caps. If you search around online, um, you can find a discount code to get it for a little bit cheaper. And I made a mental note, I need to order some more because I'm almost out. And one thing that's very zen about it is it simplifies your working out. You know, you don't have this extra bottle of fuel. If you're only working out for an hour, you really shouldn't need it anyway. You shouldn't need fuel anyway. But the thing is, is what if you decide to throw in some intervals? And intervals, uh, to have good intervals, uh, you need a little bit of fuel. So... And also, you can is a um, slow-acting starch, and you need the bacteria in your, in your stomach for it to work. Um, so you need to take it every once in a while, or else on race day, it's not going to work. You'll uh, if you don't have the bacteria in your stomach that's used to food, you get stomach pains because the bacteria. Back up, let this guy pass. Um get confused they don't have the right ones so the ones that are there do a crappy job of getting it done you get all kinds of gas and stuff that's why when you eat if you're not used to eating fiber or whatever and then you eat it your stomach hurts until you've done it a few times anyway uh (laughs) what is uh what was really great is i had a really great workout just chilling with the uh, you can and again going back to um, uh, picking up things without having done it for a while um, it's really nice I'm like oh let's try the you can you know instead of the usual habit of you know like a, a light mix of Gatorade and then you only got one water bottle you know you've got your ice water and um, I got somebody behind me that is just hell-bent on passing. And I think they're unaware that this is a um, how this freeway works this time of day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, anyway, now I'm going into work all nice and relaxed. I had a nice, good workout. Um, the I got plantar fasciitis in my feet, so I got to be careful. And um, one thing, you know, Lionel Sanders is posting videos about overtraining, training too hard, and then showing up on race day, kind of um, already blown out. And Kai's starting cross-country a season, and I'm telling dude, you're running five times a week, like every day for five days, and then on the weekend, sometimes a long day. And I'm like, you need to hold back and kind of sandbag it. And eventually, you're easy. Just go easy. And your easy will be as fast as everybody's fast because they're going to go medium hard all the time. So just hold back and it'll prevent injuries. So we'll see how well he executes that. That's hard to do. But he's listening. And um, the coach actually talked to us. We had a parents coach meeting. All the parents, not just us. And uh, the coach said he was really impressed with Kai. Um, So my little training plan that I did for him really worked. That was pretty cool. And um, so I'm on the bike riding this morning, just uh, chill riding and holding back. 
And I've been doing that the past uh, maybe a week, just holding back and riding. And what's really cool is you start off your workout, your run or your bike. Um, I ran about six miles last night, by the way. You start off your bike or run, because you didn't go so hard, you, you start off fresher and not as sore, so then you have more quality time uh, training because you're not trying to over, you're not spending the first 10, 20 minutes trying to overcome the, um, the way you blasted out your legs or arms the uh, day, days before. And then so you can just continue on going and building up that volume and uh, back to the Lionel Sanders video. Um, and Kai is, I said, just show up every day and run easy. Or for y'all out there, trap these, bike easy, but do it every day, two times a day if that's your schedule, but just go easy, 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 easy. The volume is what makes you better. And if you start off a workout and it's tough to get going, then you've been going too hard. You need to start off a workout feeling fresh ish um, not terrible not sore from the day before and then that will allow you to um, keep going all right uh, hopefully we'll wrap this show up here uh, when I get back on the mic I got to go into W to the ERK out bang oh my gosh I'm so excited I finally got back in the pool <laughs> Woke up a little late this morning and wasn't on track and a little bit tired to go swim a full hour. And I said, oh, well, you haven't been to the pool in a while, so it's fine. Uh, Let's just set it for half an hour. Just get in the water. And it turned out to be a really great idea because I haven't swam enough lately. And even after 10 minutes, I was uh, starting to get tired and I needed to take a short break. So I did uh, 10 minutes and then a uh, walk of 50, 50 yard walk, and then 10 minutes, walk of 50, 10 minutes, done. So a 30 minute swim, um, including breaks, 30 minutes, and uh, I swam 1650, so I guess that's a mile. So that was nice. And what I like to do is listen to a calm productivity podcast or a Zen talk podcast before I get into the water and as I'm starting to get into the water and it calms me down and it gets me thinking. And then when I swim, I'm thinking and I've got all kinds of stuff. And then what I do is I get out of the water and write down um, what I thought about in TickTick. TickTick.com. It's got an iPhone app. And, oh, by the way, I posted some pictures of Kona uh, swimming in the pool on the X-Terra board this weekend. Uh, Zen Triathlon on Instagram. And, let's see, there's something else. Oh, and a bike ride. A Zwift bike ride. Did two great um, Zwift bike rides. There's a Honda Ridgeline. Yeah, it's a smart truck. And, uh, 250-something watts, day one. Day two, I did the exact same thing. Ended up chasing a guy that was in front of me, trying to keep up, and ended up blowing up a little bit. So don't do that. you got to ride your own race. 
ride your own ride. You're working out for you, not for other people. And let's see, there was something else. Um, getting into the pool and swimming. Oh, because I haven't swam in a while, I set no standards on my swim pace. So usually I swim with a beep timer at um, my cruising speed. A good pace for me is a 125 for 100 yards, one minute, 25 seconds per 100 yards. And I have the beep timer on that interval. Um, and if I start, if I start falling behind, then I'm like, dude, you need to work a little bit harder. But anyway, today I turned it off and I think I'm going to keep it off for a while until I feel like I'm back on track. And it was really nice just to swim and uh, work on uh, stroke count. Uh, it's a 25-yard pool, and I take seven strokes on the right side to cross the pool. If I'm doing that, then I'm uh, then I'm cruising nice and easy, and then I just feel for like, uh, does this feel right? Does this feel good? And do the same thing on the treadmill as I try to recover from injuries. Um, you know, don't watch the watch your pace, but try to not use it um, because then you'll go too hard. And I really enjoyed it. I just swam for 10 minutes, took a little break, you know, and then 10 minutes, took a little break, 10 minutes. Just thinking and um, no goals. Um, if you do 10 minutes and then a break, you can go kind of hard like the last 50 because you got that break coming up right after that and you'll recover nicely. That's if you're swimming like 30 minutes. Okay, that's it. Out, bang. Alrighty then. That's the show. I'm in the Zentri Mobile Studios going to, w to the ERK and I am on cloud nine. I've had a really amazing morning uh, really past uh, great past few days week or so since I uh, last recorded to the training log there's all kinds of great stuff going on uh, good training uh, techniques and tricks that I've come up with that I want to share on the next show I have some huge improvements training tips that let's see we have to do with um, backyard swimming well, swimming pool swimming tethered to the end of the pool. And uh, when I grew up, I was on a swim team, a really competitive, uh, very just renowned uh, swim team. And one of the tricks that we did was tie ourselves to the side of the pool with uh, elastic tubing, surgical tubing, and then try to swim to the other side of the pool. What that does is it allows you to simulate like you're going up a hill harder and harder and harder and uh, ne never having to do a flip turn to take a break or anything and it just builds your power like you're lifting weights i mean it's absolutely incredible so i figured out how to do that in my backyard pool and i'm gonna share how to uh how you can do that um in your in your local pool whatever you do and also the reason i started doing it is it simulates um outdoor swimming uh open water swimming really well if you figure out how to do it right there's specific things that simulate um that you do to make it simulate open water swimming 
and I figured them out. And I want to share that on the next podcast. I'm super excited. Also, I came up with a really cool and easy and simple trick to break yourself from sugar from needing the fuel for shorter workouts. Uh, you know, you don't really need it for anything uh, kind of short, but a lot of us are so addicted to the flavor and the energy and all that, that um, it's just really difficult to stop. And the ritual of making a drink is another thing that I've noticed. Uh, you know, through the paying attention, through the Zen practice of paying attention and being mindful, I realized a lot of what we do and triathlon is ritual, and that's why it's hard to change uh, what you're doing for the better because uh, you're so used to doing something else. So I've got a really cool tip for uh, the next show on how to do that, how to break yourself off of sugar uh, for workouts. And I'm also just so stoked to have a um, an addition to the show where you notice at the beginning, or not, if you're a longtime listener, you notice at the beginning where I added a, uh, a, a meditation bell, a zen gong sound. Roll down the window so I can see it. We're having our first misty rain in a while here. And... Uh, I've been wanting to do that for a long time, and every time I look for a good sound, you know, to indicate, it's kind of like segue music. If you're gonna do a section of the show, say like the training log or another show, you know, whatever section that they do. Fact of the week, you know, you have a little bit of music in a thing. Well, I've been looking for a long time for a gong sound or bell sound that is nice and cool and isn't just <laughs> better than terrible and wouldn't turn people off for the uh, the beginning of the show where I do my uh, Zen thoughts. And I knew that if I found something that it would give me impetus for my ritual, uh, word, fancy word of the week, to um, make that segment, you know, and take these Zen thoughts that I have. I... I record uh, my insights that I have through training, through um, you know meditation and stuff, and for my own self. And what's nice is uh, what's nice about doing the podcast is I was sharing with somebody else recently that's thinking about doing a tea, like tea as in drinking tea, pod uh, blog. She's she started doing that. She was thinking about doing it. And I said, do you drink tea on a regular basis? And she said, yes, she's a tea expert. She's from Sri Lanka, which is like ground zero of tea stuff. And I said, are you always trying different teas? And are you passionate about it? Mean, do you drink tea all the time? And do you think about it? And she said, yes. And I said, okay, well then yeah, make a blog because you're already doing it. Making a blog about something that you're, you think you want to do that's a really good recipe for not doing it. <laughs> but if you're already doing it, then make a blog. So back to the Zentri stuff. I already 
record my Zen thoughts, if they're Zen, and my insights and things to remember for both, you know, personal happiness and to, to review every once in a while for personal happiness and for productivity tips to share on the show, I think, or share with other people. And my goal is, you know, over years to just have, and I do, to have just dozens of these, tons and tons and tons of ideas. And uh, even someday maybe like publish a book or something like that. So it's out there for everybody. And so I'm already doing this. And I, I thought now I have the bell sound, something to kick off that segment of the show. Now I have a point of reference, you know, a, a thing to put them in, like a folder kind of uh, an action to put them in. And then I also noticed when I was making that bell sound and I was editing it, editing it to put into the show, um, it made me really excited to get the show out there and to publish it. And I remembered that feeling when I used to do lots of uh, crazy audio and putting things in. I loved editing the show and getting it out there for people to listen to, uh, to get their, to not really to get their reaction, but just to put something out there to, I don't know, to please people. I don't know really what, but to make something and get it out there, I guess. And so it got me excited and having something new to put in there, you know, is part of that and the creative process, you know. Of putting, but you got to put it out there for people to see, and that kind of wraps it up and puts a bow on it. And I noticed when I was making that audio, the just that <laughs> four-second bell sound, and I was like, "Yes!" I got really excited because I can't wait to. I had to stop editing because I had other things to do that came up, and I couldn't wait to get back to it, back on it. And I was like, "Ah, oh, that's important. That's really important to notice." So I'm really excited about the uh, bell gong sound. <laughs> of all things that you might not have even noticed but it's that thing at the beginning of the show where I say uh, and now uh, our zen uh, our zen moment or zen thoughts or whatever I'm going to call it but uh, I'm planning we'll see how it turns out I'm planning on I record like three or four a week probably uh, doing that on on podcast doing that bell sound and then talking about the uh, insights I had Usually while training, um, about training, about racing, about triathlon, about productivity, about stuff like that, uh, you know, covering them in the show. So look forward to that on the next episode as well. All right. And the last thing is I'm really excited about having some space to coach some people. So if you're interested in coaching by me in triathlon. I use Training Peaks. It's the industry standard. I put in there workouts and I coach you the Zen way. Lots of, uh, well, appropriate. Everything's appropriate. <laughs> uh, plenty of volume, lots of chatting back and forth with the, uh, with the athlete, with the client. And the biggest thing is seeing how your workouts feel and then going from there. So for example, I'm coaching Kai right now because he's starting mountain biking team like around December, January. So I'm coaching him and 
you know, I see him all the time. So he'll ask me, dad, what's the workout for today? Because he likes to work out in the afternoon because as a teenager, he wants to sleep in, which is awesome. (laughs) I'm super into that because I know that that's really important. And I'll say, okay, you did soccer. He plays on a soccer team. You did soccer yesterday. So that counts as a run. How do your legs feel? And he'll say, good. I go, they sore at all? No. I'm like, okay. Then I want you to either swim or bike today with intervals. Well, if you swim with intervals, bike, not intervals, a little bit more easy. Um, And you pick the one that you want to do. See, I'm teaching him how to train himself too. And that's a big goal of mine is to teach athletes how to train themselves. My goal is to coach you for a year or two and then for you to graduate (laughs) and uh, be able to coach yourself. And I'll say now, as the day goes on, think of the thing that you, pay attention to the thing that you want to do. Do you want, are you, that you, do you, do you want to bike or do you want to swim? Which one do you want to do more? And the thing is, is if you're balanced and you do everything appropriately, uh, you get kind of addicted to all three. So the one that you need to do because you haven't done it in a couple days, that'll be the thing that you want to do. It's really cool. And so I told him, pay attention to the one that you want to do and then do that. But running is out the window because you ran soccer yesterday. He's like, all right. And I said, um, text me when it's getting to be late afternoon and you're thinking about doing these things. If you have any questions about what workout exactly, like how many intervals for how long, or if you're going to ride your bike, you know, what to do for how long. And, um, let me know if you have any questions and we'll build you actually a workout based on how you feel. So that's how I coach. And I love coaching like that because my, again, my goal is to get people to, um, learn how to train themselves and to eventually graduate. Cause that's, that's what I did. And it's, um, it's really cool. I had professional coaching for a year and then I went and got certified. And then, um, I've been coaching people forever, like 10 years or something. And it's a huge money savings if you know how to coach yourself. But honestly, you need to be professionally coached. You might need to be prof- professionally coached to, um, to get it on how it's, how it does. I always think about how, uh, what my old professional coach would have said. Okay. That is it. Oh, if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me at texafornia at gmail.com. T-E-X-A fornia, texafornia at gmail.com and put coaching, get coached or coach me in the title of the email. And also if you want to follow me on the social medias, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Zen Triathlon. And also I'm in Strava as, as Brett Blankner. Sorry, I paused there because I was thinking of something. Another thing I want to talk about on the next show is uh, mountain biking. I've actually got a question for y'all on mountain biking. Should I switch over to, should I upgrade my old mountain bike that's not worth very much? Uh, it's like a, it's like a $700 mountain bike, but should I put electronic shifting on it, on the rear at least? Because I'm sick and tired of the shifting going to crap. And when I do go 
ride, it kind of ruins my workout. And electronic shifting gets rid of that problem as far as I know on mountain bikes. I've got a Trek Speed Concept, a really nice uh, tri-bike that has electronic shifting on it and it's amazing it's absolutely great i never have to worry about that stuff so uh yeah we'll talk about that next show or send me a, a a note on the email or the social medias uh what you think about that as well if i should do that if i should spend the money on that or if i should i really don't have the money to buy a whole new mountain bike <laughs> so should i spend my money on that or should i spend my money on something else anyway uh coaching again it's uh 200 a month and I have room for, I think, two people right now. So let me know. All right, that's it. Stay tuned for the next podcast. Everybody stay safe out there. Work the uphills, cruise the downhills, and keep the rubber side down. Out.